Welcome to Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn and I'm here with Matt Leach in our very final ADR recording in LA. That's right. We are in LA and we are here for Adobe Max and we're on our final interview. Yeah, and we, there's sirens going off in the background just to celebrate. Everybody's excited. <laughs> Probably can't hear that on the podcast, but yeah, um, we're being we're being played out, being played off the stage, which is pretty cool. So yeah, we're excited to be here because it's part of Adobe Max, which has just been, I think, probably nine episodes before this. So you've heard us talking about it quite a lot. They're really happy to get rid of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so shout out to Adobe for bringing us all the way over here and also HP. And we managed to go four days in LA um, being sponsored in part with HP and Matt Leach, you haven't picked up an HP notebook whatsoever. So the last one, the last interview we did, they were having like a kind of live, I don't know, I don't know what they're doing. They're like filming someone using a Z book. Mm. So I got very close. Very close. Very close. Oh, there we go. Maybe maybe when we get back to Australia. (laughs) Yeah. For our regular listeners as well, we need to like mention Streamtime, who's been amazing uh, for the last year, just really making sure that uh, we were able to get episodes out on time and and get more and more places, I think. So they've been really helpful. One thing I wanted to mention, um, obviously Streamtime's major sponsor of Never Not Creative, and if you haven't listened to Never Not Creators podcast series yet, it's definitely worth a try. Yeah, yeah there's been some important stuff on there. There has been some important stuff. And I, and I like the fact that they can talk about something and then really dig deep into it. Yeah. And it's sort of all those extra things that we don't talk about so often, like mental health and work-life balance and all the other important stuff that kind of gets pushed to the side when we all get excited about the new shiny drawing or picture or whatever it is um but yeah we've got someone pretty exciting that we're talking to to cap off our trip we have the lovely mark conlan he is a multidisciplinary illustrator from dublin ireland and currently working and living in melbourne conceptual based illustrations for products editorial publishing advertising campaigns and one-off commissions from clients all around the world really excited to uh talk to you particularly with the style of work you do, which is heavily conceptual, I, I've actually used your work to kind of explain things in classes to students about how right. they can bring concept in. He feels really comfortable. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, guys. Uh, thanks for having me here. Thanks for having us. We're actually in your hotel room. Well, that's true, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. i got to say. You haven't got the bill yet. Uh, much, ni- much nicer <laughs> than my hotel room. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll send you the bill later. <laughs> yeah, great. You are actually extending your trip a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm staying till Saturday, so I'm just going to check out LA and kind of see what's down here. I've never been to the States before, so this is like first time here, so it's pretty exciting. Oh, cool. So to come over to Adobe Max is kind of a, it's a big thing, I suppose, and be with all those cool creatives, get to hang out with them and spend time in sunny LA. It's awesome. You got to like soak in all of the culture, which we spoke about just before we came online. Yeah. Where did you go for breakfast? Oh, Denny's. <laughs> oh, it was delightful in a really bad way. So just explain what was on the plate. Oh, so we actually had um, hash eggs bacon and then on the side two pancakes with cream maple syrup banana and strawberries and that was just like just one little casual dish <laughs> that's but the, I, that's, I was that saying was the to about the t-bone steak you know and then you got everything else on top of that like wow yeah everything's pretty large except over here, for the right? day right yeah that's, absolutely well probably not some people are like hungry for lunch then aren't they yeah right but sure, it is what it is good experience hey man while you're here you know absolutely yeah. last yeah. time i was here um adobe max 2016 i got a 
pumpkin spice latte because so i was like oh man i've heard about this from so starbucks from starbucks and is it good i don't think it made it out of the starbucks can i do you not get them in australia sure there's not many starbucks in australia no, right starbucks didn't do very well in australia yeah there's like yeah. there's like two or three of them in melbourne mm. you know yeah. but i suppose when you get good coffee everywhere else starbucks ain't gonna last right yeah yeah, yeah exactly. it's pretty average. You can get an Ireland in a Starbucks over there, that pumpkin one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go now, <laughs> So, talking about Ireland, let's go back to how you started, I guess, digging into your history a little bit. Yeah. Was illustration always always around? Yeah, I guess so. I, like, it's always been part of me. I suppose I've always been like an avid doodler. I've always been, you know, as, as kids, as an artist, kind of like always just curious and just drawing things. And I'd always say like, I want to be a cartoonist. Like people be like, oh, that's great, son. You know, you're going to do great. And then, like, as you kind of get older, you kind of realize, like, what is a cartoonist? And you kind of stand going, what, what am I going to do in, in college, in uni, you know? So you, you start panicking a little bit. And I was like, fine art was always kind of my thing as well, I suppose, any kind of art discipline. And so I, I was kind of panicking. I thought I'd go with that. I'd be a fine artist. But kind of, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could ever make a career out of it, you know, if I was ever that talented. So I was like, I heard and there was an animation course you could do in Ireland and in Dublin itself, the Irish School of Animation, which was great. So I ended up there and I did a five-year uh, BA honours, I suppose, degree, which was awesome in classical and computer animation, which is hand-drawn animation. So that, that was awesome. So it was not only just like the foundations of animation and it was, it was kind of like art and kind of teaching you kind of the right way to draw for a new set of skills, you know what I mean? Because it's kind of interpreting art a little bit different because... You have to see everything a little bit different with volumes and masses and kind of, I suppose, your interpretation. So that was cool. That was a five-year degree and I just learned so much. And I kind of came out of uni. Five long, years? Five years. Wow. Because it was a one, one course at the start. That was kind of a year that they recommend you do. Was, so like a fundamentals? Yeah, or? it was like a drawing, like ADS, it was called Animation Drawing Skills. So they kind of really taught you how to kind of flip it around and do a lot of life drawing and like a lot of colour work and stuff that you'd never really learnt on a kind of general level of arts so it was really good and then it queued you up to go into the animation then, which was great so that was sweet and then obviously it came out of, out of uh, uni at a really bad time in Ireland we had, a, we had quite a recession or at the back end of a recession so there wasn't very much work and I suppose I just kind of got a job for a few years and didn't really do anything about it and I suppose that, that creativity is always kind of burning there somewhere you know so you're kind, of, you're kind of like I have to do something it's almost like a little guilt I suppose I felt that I wasn't doing anything with like all these years I'd spent kind of developing this creativity I suppose the creativity was there. Well, you've invested all this time, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, what was the job that you had? You well, said it was like Urban Outfitters. So it was like working in Urban oh, okay. Outfitters. So it was, it was kind of cool. Like I was in a clothes shop, got to know those cool people. And it was still quite arty because I got to do quite a bit of like the display work. So in, in yeah. Urban Outfitters, there's actually a full-time uh, visual merchandiser that works there. And there's a full-time display artist. And so he's got like his workshop downstairs and he's got saws and wood and like all the tools. It's kind of cool. You go in there and he's just like always making something cool for the shop. And they're really like cool with their brand like that. They allow people to kind of come in. And obviously there's like a, a lookbook for the year, you know, what I mean? that they all work on together and then they set up the stores. So I got to kind of work with him quite a bit, like and kind of setting up like the one first time I worked with him was like Christmas time. We got to do like all the displays in the store, did an overnight and when everyone came in, like the stores all kitted out. So it was, that was really cool. And I was like, OK, this is a new edge to my creativity, you know, maybe I could do something like this and then obviously I don't know after a while I was kind of I didn't really approach it too much there probably wasn't too much opportunity for me to do it full time in there so then there was a, an opportunity to move to London this was probably about two years later after finishing uni so I kind of grabbed it and moved over to London and I worked in a bar over there friends of mine um, were running a bar over there so that was kind of handy and had a place to stay which was really central to South Oxford Street so it was sweet kind of was waiting on a freelance gig over there so I ended up picking up a bit of 
bar work as well to kind of keep me going. Then I kind of worked freelance for about a year while working in the bar, which was cool. I started working in a big licensing company over there doing T-shirts. So that was kind of cool. I was like, okay, this is this is where we want to go, right? And uh, so I started doing a lot of kind of like stuff for like the Beatles, their license, the Disney license, uh, Coca-Cola license. You're just doing like T-shirts for like Top Man and Primark and all the kind of high street stores. So that was really fun. It was quite restrictive. Like you can't be too destructive of their license. So you, yeah, so you're following their style, style yeah, guides. Yeah, pretty and, much. Like yeah. you're given like a huge bank of artwork and it's kind of like choose this and then you kind of like work it up a bit or manipulate yeah. them a bit for what's on trend and stuff. So that was kind of cool and a good way to make a bit of money to get yourself kind of set up over there. So then I start kind of just going out my own really and doing some more design work, I suppose, and stuff that was really kind of foreign to me because I'd never really learned any design as such. It was more animation. But I kind of, it was more that illustrative side I was bringing to design. And so I um, ended up then kind of getting a few jobs at a few agencies, which was sweet. And they were like, it was kind of like a, like a little startup agency. So it wasn't kind of like, like graphic designer. It was more just going in and kind of like, yeah, it was graphic design. I was doing a lot of UI, and but it was getting to do a lot of kind of branding and kind of a lot of playful kind of stuff which so was great so a startup and kind of a smaller team so yeah. you're kind of a bit more generalist yeah absolutely sense. like and you weren't just kind of bottom of the rung kind of like throwing making buttons all day or whatever of course you did all of that but you were a little bit more involved with the team and mm. you got to do all that which is cool so I learned so much so quickly kind of self-teaching myself kind of as we go along and then worked with that agency for a few years and that was great and then I got another job in a bigger agency and again that was a lot more UI design and web design so I worked with them for a few years before making a move to Melbourne. So my um, my wife, she's from Melbourne. So we decided that, why not let's do a bit of traveling. We've been in London six years at this stage. So I think it was kind of time to, I don't know, London's a bit of a hectic place. I don't know if you've been there, and especially where we were living. It was, we were living just off, off Maribyrn Road. So it was nuts. Like it was just traffic all the time. I've only know? visited, but you, you, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty, it's like it, a small it's, New York. It's a pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. it's interesting in LA that like, there's not a lot of people surprisingly in the downtown area yeah right it, it feels like more of a touristy sort of area yeah. where, where london it's like everyone's there yeah Tourists, everyone's living there like people, people are killing each other for, yeah. for a house you yeah. know what i mean like for space in london right yeah. whereas here it seems very spread out we walked up to the hollywood sign the other day and you can see like both sides that's nuts it goes for miles and miles and miles i didn't yeah. realize la was actually a big place mm. surely and then they've got their suburbs and they've got their whatever else as well i presume wow i don't know <laughs> yeah, so we uh, yeah we, we, we did a bit of traveling then. We went across Southeast Asia for three months before we came to Melbourne, so that was awesome. And then got down to Melbourne and haven't looked back since. That's three and a half years ago now. So you mustn't have had much stuff to bring if you were traveling as well. Yeah, well, bags, you, bags you, can't, right? you can't really. like So we, yeah, we did literally have to sell up a lot of stuff. And yeah. Give away a lot of stuff. We shipped a few boxes back to Ireland. My parents still kill me that they're up in their attic, you know. <laughs> what, what are they going to do with that space? That's what I say to them all the time. I've like, this issue with boxes up there. What are you going to do? Like a party's up there or something? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, we, we shipped some boxes back. Airbnb. <laughs> you yeah. never know, right? Yeah, three rooms up there, yeah. God, don't get them ideas. Yeah, we shipped some boxes back and then we shipped some stuff to Australia and we just took very like minimum with us traveling, yeah. which was great. Like a couple of pairs of shorts and a couple of pairs of t-shirts because you're going to a hot climate, so it's sweet. And then, uh, yeah, we got to Australia and it was, I actually started working in some design agencies down there, just doing some freelance gigs. They're all like two weeks, three weeks. And that was great. But like, I was really starting to develop this curiosity for illustration, I suppose, before I left London. And a few people had kind of said to me, like, you know, how, how difficult it was and it could be a tough industry. And I, I suppose I didn't really know too much about it or how viable it was to get a job and I suppose sustain a career as an illustrator. And so, like, I start looking up to, like, a lot of, like, illustration agencies who rep artists and stuff and kind of go, oh, this is interesting, maybe this could be my approach. So, like, when we were away traveling, I kind of 
you know, you have those moments when you're traveling where you're like, I can change my life now, you know? Yes. Like, those, those, it's suddenly clear. Yeah, yeah, I've got this. Were you, um, <laughs> yeah, you get very zen, don't you? Yeah. Were you working while you were traveling? That no, I was very, I was, I was very lucky, yeah. Yeah. I cool. just took it off, you know. We just made with some savings and just said, let's just do it. Like, you're not going to get these opportunities again, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I got down, I'm working in these agencies and I said, you know, I'm just going to do this. And I suppose we were kind of lucky at the time because I was living with uh, my wife's parents just for, for the first couple of months while we were there. And so they had a, had a room and, and a house that I could just kind of throw my desk on and kind of get a bit curious with he the He never leaves the room. Yeah, I literally <laughs> never left the room. <laughs> I'm not even joking, <laughs> but it was it was, was kind of interesting because I was trying to find myself as well and find a style and kind of trying to find what to do and you know you're trying to find what am I doing? I'm just drawing pictures like what well, these aren't going to go anywhere. So so, so you didn't really have a style at that point like it, this no, was I don't really so. jumping in the deep end. Yeah, so I didn't really. I, nothing was really defined. You know, I suppose we all have a little bit of a, a style, but it's never really like thought out or refined yeah. or you know what I mean like what like what it is now. I suppose. And and so were you digital at this stage? Yeah, I was, well, I, everything's always traditional with me starting with. I think mm -hmm. that comes from the animation thing. It was all very hand-drawn initially. And so, like, everything's not notebook first and then kind of move it across into digital realm. And again, this is probably a good time that I was. I just got a Wacom Cintiq for the first time. And I was like, wow, what is this? I get to draw onto the screen. So I was like, oh, my God, this is getting me really curious. So I'd never done any really Photoshop work before in terms of illustration or anything like that. It was always just doing UIs or, you know, I mean, stuff quite like that. So I got this Wacom Cintiq and I just had a little MacBook and I was just like, right, I'm just going to just go for it. And I said, create a piece of work every day. Like, even if it's not for anybody else, just, at least I'm doing something every day. I'm going to build up a portfolio. Then I've got something to send out to people and kind of get people curious about me as well. And obviously in doing that, I was starting to really refine his style, which was kind of, I suppose, subconsciously, it was kind of coming true, you know, the more you play, the more you get, I suppose. And I was... um. I was, I was kind of churning out this work and then just kind of chucking it up online and getting good feedback from us. I was like, this is, this is great, you know, keep this going. And then gradually, you're then a few clients start coming in and kind of going, hey, we're interested to work with you. And I was wrapped. I was like, okay, maybe I don't need an agent, you know. At this stage, I was, I was throwing out CVs and I was throwing out, CV is a horrible word in a, in a creative point of view, I suppose, a portfolio, yeah, I suppose. Mm. Um, who, do, who does portfolios anymore, right? It's nah. website, right? Yeah. yeah, what were you sending out? Like, what were you actually... You like like a PDF, I suppose, with like just yeah. like pages with like some, some work that I'd done, maybe an old commercial UI work and some mm. illustrations I'd be doing myself. Was it a mixed mash of stuff? Like, was it a little bit of design work mm. and then a little bit of illustration? Yeah, or? I was trying to be conscious about that because, you know, if you think like, you're an illustration agent and someone sends you a portfolio with like some Check web design, you're like, just this <laughs> yeah. guy, you know, no, I'm not interested in this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I suppose like, and then you're, you're at that stage where you're like, okay, I've only got like five illustrations. What do I send them? Mm. So you're kind of like, that's why I got my head down most of those days and tried to build up a bit of a portfolio. So what, when you said you were you're kind of in the room, just churning out work and trying to do at least one a day, how many, did you give yourself as a, a goal for like how many days you were going to do it for? Yeah, no, I kind of thought like, like let, let the process be as natural as possible. Like get into work, treat it like a working day. I just moved here and I've been like, you know, I've been freelancing and, like the money and all was great and all of a sudden you're not earning it. So you're like, okay, just treat it like a job. And like, you know, I mean, you start to get that routine then going with your body again, especially after being away for three months on mm. holiday, you're a bit all over the place. So I'd literally try to get up at nine and work till five, you know, yourself as creative. So it never really works that way. You kind of end up working late nights, but like, it's, it's amazing because you're passionate and you're, you're like, yeah. okay, I can finish that tonight. You know, you, you're not like, oh God, I have to do work again. You know, but, um, yeah, that, that, it was it was great that I had the opportunity to do that, that I didn't have massive rents to pay, you know. 
mm. there's only a con- con- contribution or whatever to pay. I like to keep myself. So it sounds like, like you took advantage of the situation because you knew you were in a position where you might not be again. So the same thing with traveling. So you were traveling like we've got this opportunity. Let's disconnect and then we'll reconnect when we get to Melbourne and then everything will kick off. And then you're also recognizing that while well, I'm here, I'm rent free. I've got the time I need to build the portfolio. So I'm going to strike, strike while the time is is right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that was kind of key as well. It kind of gave me the opportunity to be creative and to be, like, I'd, I'd say if I was in a different situation where you had these huge rents or you didn't like that, like, it would have been, there would have been a lot of pressure. I would have felt to myself to try, like, oh, you got to get this done quick. you got to, you know, like, everything has to be done now yeah. because otherwise, how are we going to survive? Like, don't get me wrong, that was like that for the first two years, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when you did have the rents course, and then you're like, you finish up a project, and then all of a sudden you're like, when, when's the next project going to come in? How am I going to pay the rent? But I suppose everything has a way of working itself out. You'll always find a way to pay your rent. And, mm. You know, you can't put too much pressure on yourself in that essence. Otherwise, you'll never create something. You know, you're going to be so stagnant, I think. Maybe people do. Maybe people thrive on that pressure. I don't know. But mm. personally, I prefer to have a little bit of freedom to yeah. relax. I, yeah, I, th- I think I, I do thrive on that pressure, but do I don't you? like it. It's, you don't it, like it, no. but you thrive on it. Yeah, so right. it's, it's, it's that kind of like a get stuff done when that, when that stuff is on the line. But... It's uh, at the same time, I, I just go, I can't keep doing this. So Yeah, it's huge pressure horrible. on yourself. So I, I wanted to ask with them, you said like the work your st- clients started asking, was that coming through social or was that coming through the PDFs you were sending out? Yeah, I think it was mostly from the social. Um, like I had a few agents that got in touch with me and like I got signed up at an, um, an English agency. Uh, like a, they just rep artists, you know what I mean? It's the usual kind of like we take 30% of your salary and that's quite dooming, you know what I mean? You're like, what, what? <laughs> I haven't heard anything, you know? <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I got this agent in the UK and I, like, I didn't really get any work with them, to be honest, at all over the space of time. I'm not going to name any names. And um, then a lot of the work did start coming through social, which is, I'm so grateful to have, like, especially Instagram, because a lot of art directors and a lot of clients now are shuffling through Instagram to find people to work on their jobs, you know? Pinterest is a great platform too, even though like your work obviously gets shared, but you're kind of known about it a lot of the time, it gets crossed boards and whatever else gets it's got to get there in the first place right but um yeah a lot of a lot of clients use pinterest as well surprisingly maybe those numbers have dropped a little bit now but i think throughout most of my career now at least well career three years in in illustration is um most i try to ask people where do they come from Jimmy, where did i find my work so mm. most of it does seem to be social and now i've got to, I've obviously at the start i tried to get a website together as quick as possible as well so that's obviously a good way to get people to see your work so i obviously spent some time crafting that as well at the time and now a lot of people get a lot of traffic through the website and Instagram. Cool. Um, just jumping on something that you said before, because um, I've actually heard it once or twice, I think, from some, some of the other illustrators that we've met during Adobe Max, where they've given themselves this this task where they're like, cool, I'm going to do this every day and I'm going to do this every day. Um, like, how do you get the motivation to make sure that you do that, like that you actually do it every day? Like, do you have any kind of bits of advice for us or, or people? Yeah, well, like, I think we actually talk about this as creatives all the time. I think I was only talking to the guys earlier on about this and like how you put yourself out there and which time you invest in yourself and like that motivation to like keep going and keep going and keep going. And like, I think that's so important. I think that's like the only way you'll probably succeed as an artist if because if you like, oh, it's grand, I've gotten that nice painting sold. It can take two months off and go traveling, you know. I don't know, you're going to start dropping off the radar pretty quickly, you know, you have to kind mm. of keep pushing yourself and kind of showing everyone what you got and keep producing work. And I always think like an audience is out there, especially on social, they followed you on social and they're going to want to see more work. They haven't just clicked follow you to see your old work. They want to see, you know, like what's next, you know I mean? What are you going to produce next? And that's kind of exciting, I suppose. And that's what I love about social. When you follow someone, you kind of get to see what they're doing. But the motivation, I suppose, for me was just 
just I wanted I wanted to succeed. I knew how much I wanted to do this, especially with like like I said to you earlier on. I I really didn't know it was a career, and then when I start realize this is a career. Mm. My God, animation or sorry, illustration and animation can be, I, I suppose, applied to so many different things. I, there's so many possibilities here, and so I suppose as I was developing, I was like, okay, I want this so much that. I, I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to treat it as a full-time job, even if the client work isn't coming in. Treat it as a full-time job and it will eventually come in. So I suppose there was a positivity or element to that as well, you know, or op optimism, I suppose, is a better word, isn't it? That you kind of have to be optimistic. You can't be like, oh, I'm never going to get work, you know. Right. I'm never going to make it as an illustrator. You know? And I suppose like that would be the advice that I gave. Just be patient, you know, and be a bit optimistic, you know, it will happen for you, of course it will, you know. Just keep turning up. Yeah, I think so, just keep turning up, keep turning out the work, you know, get feedback, you know, talk to people, I think community is a massive thing too, right? Yeah. That gave me a lot of motivation was, there's so many other creators around you, like, you spend so much time by yourself as a creative, so much time, we're all introverts, and then all of a sudden you've got this community online that you, you don't have to go out of your shell to talk to these people almost, right? Which you can also get so inspired on a daily basis without leaving the room, mm. which is which is kind of scary and, and amazing at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you, um, we've talked a bit about mentorship and uh, Adobe, it's been a bit of a thread at Adobe. And yeah. A lot of the people we've spoken to in some of the sessions as well. Was was there anybody in the Melbourne community or, or the global community that once you started kind of wanting to build this as a career that you were looking to? Yeah, in terms of inspiration, not as much mentorship, I suppose. Um, yeah, like I said, you kind of spend a lot of time by yourself, which is, I would have loved to have had somebody to kind of, kind of shadow, I suppose, you know what I mean? Like be, be or sorry, be in their shadow and like kind of like pick up a lot of stuff from them. So I was kind of like, that was, that was daunting too, because I didn't really know, it was just a small fish in a big ocean and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I suppose ins inspiration is a massive part for you to kind of start developing yourself and developing your style. So again, there was a lot of artists at the time that I admired online in terms of like, I suppose their Instagrams or their websites, whatever else that I just constantly draw inspiration from or, or be in awe every day. Like, oh my God, look at these clients they've got or how are they doing this? Or, yeah. you know, and there's, there's certain ways to kind of look at people and not be too jealous of them at the same time. And I suppose that was kind of a part of me developing my style as well. Be like, okay, I love this aesthetic or I love this aesthetic and kind of start fleshing that out. And then I, I suppose inspiration will always be there, kind of like looking up someone. But like in terms of mentorship, I don't, I don't know. I, that'd be, I think it would still be awesome. I was thinking about that yesterday. Wasn't it at Sneaks that they were talking about? No, yeah. or the this it, keynote wasn't it yeah and they were, yeah they were talking about you know, yeah. bringing in a big program and basically using it as an opportunity to recruit people in senior positions say come and join this mentor program that's that awesome right like and they showed those students work wasn't and it and the student works which and they was have, phenomenal yeah the one two three four project and yeah. stuff like that and it's phenomenal work I would have loved to have had a yeah. situation like that you know mm. maybe it's something I can contribute towards I don't know I'd love to I'd love to give back to something like that to the community you know mm. but I don't know I still think I could benefit from a mentorship too you know I think we could all I think you're never really at that point that you're like an absolute master. I think you kind of have to be humble and yeah. take as much advice and keep fresh. And, and I, really, I love hearing like you, when you sort of look at those masters and everything, they talk about that they still have mentors that they're going yeah. to sort of meet up with once a month. And it's like, that's awesome. It's like, it's constantly constant thing. Yeah. And it gets rid of arrogance, isn't it? Cause there yeah. is some people who have that arrogance that are, I don't need them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I got this and I've got this amazing career. You know, there's no, there's nothing humble about them and the way they approach it, you know? And I think that's the, the most successful people are the people who are humble and want to remain open to influence and inspiration and all the good things that we thrive on all the time. So your style, you talked about developing the style. So how, how long did that take until you were like, ah, I think that's it? 
Yeah, it's hard to put kind of like a time on it. Like at the time when I was I was sort of working, I was I'm mad for drawing, so like it was always like fleshing stuff out in sketchbooks, and I was always this really kind of crazy scribbler and kind of did stuff a little bit weird because I suppose I never really knew how to approach a style. And so then all of a sudden I just start drawing like in a real kind of fine line. I don't know if you've seen most of my sketches; they are quite like clean in terms of like a sketchbook. And um, I just I just one day start drawing like that, and I was like, oh this is a nice character or do you know what I mean this kind of works well or start drawing like a few elements and I was like oh I like this style and this is kind of like this is maybe drawing some inspiration from people I love and I'm like okay there's something here I can really work with this so I started obviously once as you find that little thing that you like you kind of start developing it more and more and more and I'd spent days then just sketching you know at night time and just I don't know I suppose it's a real good way for me to relax too so it was was kind of a perfect balance I got to develop and relax at the same time probably then like a couple of months and I was like okay this is quite solid I actually really like this and Mm. then also the feedback I was getting it's not really about what I like I suppose it's what everyone else likes your community the feedback was really positive too so that really helped and then I've just kind of developed and developed on top of that I suppose it'll keep developing as I go on as well you know I don't think your style will ever remain stagnant Stagnant's a horrible word in creativity as well, isn't it? Like, it's just stale. I don't know, like, you know, you're never going to really remain the exact same. You're always going to be developing, I think. The more mm. more you create, the more you're going to develop. We've been talking about phases as well. It's mm, a bit of right. a theme. Um, we're, I'll bring it up again, but Jessica Heesh, we were talking to her about, and she was talking about every, everything in life is just a phase. Anyway, yeah, for like, sure. Like, you know, this too shall pass. Like, so you're going through a phase now, and then you'll be another one, and another one, and another one. Like, yeah, for sure. And I, that's interesting that you say that, because so many people say to me since, like, I've been doing some illustrations years ago, and they were always like real kind of uh, nothing but people kept on saying to me my work was developing more and more in Melbourne with like as a phase because of being influenced by where I am oh right so by my context you know what I mean by the situation so you have the sunshine and you have the plants and you have the beautiful weather and I started like really approaching that kind of like subject I suppose mm. into, into my work so that was really interesting to hear that and I was probably doing that quite subconsciously because you know I was just kind of busy trying to get work done and you know mm. doing things that I like but obviously that was influencing me and I was creating this work which is cool it's interesting that your your community or people that um, you listen to have given you that feedback because I was talking to another illustrator recently who was and I was going to jump in when we were talking about how you develop your style that this person was upset um, for quite a number of years because they thought I just don't have my I don't have my own style until he said it out loud and then a bunch of other people said what are you talking about this is your style this thing that (laughs) you do this other thing that you do they just just couldn't recognize it he just didn't know he's like oh it's kind of like your handwriting like you don't think you have a handwriting that's recognizable but it took other people to to say yeah you do you have for years what are you talking about and it was this realization you just couldn't see the forest through the trees Mm. that's so interesting I've actually had a few uh, chats recently with creatives about style and like is it important to have a really refined style? Because so many artists nowadays, like they'll come to me and they'll be like, oh, like, how did you get your style? I'm so worried I don't have a style. I'm like, just like, stop worrying about it. Just go out there and explore it and you will find it, of course. Once you start doing some development work and keep going on that, you're going to find something that's true to you and your personality. And then like, there's, there's also the opinion of some people that you shouldn't necessarily have a defined style. And I, mm. I personally think that's more of an old school kind of, illustration thing with like that old school editorial yeah. where they'd have to pick up any kind of job you know and they'd, they'd have to adapt and kind of be a master of all the kind of different styles and then um, i think kyle webster actually says it quite well and he he doesn't really have a defined style and he can draw kind of anything he wants and he i think he likes that the fact that it can be fun and kind of remain playful for him and also then he mean they can pick up kind of loads of different types of jobs whereas in this case of myself and so many other artists who have a really refined style and I think that just speaks true of my personality. 
And I think that's kind of nice because then people keep coming back for you for that style. Yeah, and they, they can kind of collect your work in a way as well. Where yeah. I think with Carl's, it's it's like there's so many different styles that he does. It's you, you couldn't go, oh, this is my Carl Webster wall. Like yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I thought that was different artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. But even yes, or the other day when I seen him doing a demo, he was he was drawing. He was showing like some of the artwork he had done, and it was like about eight different pieces, and they were all like in different styles. It was like immensely impressive, you know. Yeah. Someone can do that as well. So, but I guess yeah. I mean, yours yours seems to have quite a narrative that runs through it as well. And I guess I, I want to talk a little bit about because um, you animate some of yours as well. Yeah, very, very little. Like my animation's quite bad. I actually I've, I've worked with quite a few animators, more so than me animating them. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, find, I kind of fall out of love with the animation side of. It. I find it like that's a really tricky part of the process for me now. But I love doing like little gifs and I love doing little small things. But coming back to actually do full scale pieces is quite. I don't know. I find it quite stressful. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I've never been that good of an animator. Yeah, and I've, I've I've recently worked with some really cool animators too, which is it's a, it's a really cool process because you're meeting these really talented people who are like really pumped by your work and they love your style and they're like I want to bring it to life and you're like okay this is cool yeah, <laughs> how much do, this what do I have me? to do yeah yeah <laughs> but they're like no nothing it's just going to be like social thing you know we can just share it within the community which is great like I love that working with artists and like doing pieces of work with artists that just just for the community there's no money involved you know but uh, yeah I recently did um, this really cool collaboration with um, a company called Made by Fern they're in Atlanta in Georgia and uh, it's cool. Uh, the guy who owns it, James, he just came to me, James Mabry. He came to me and he was like, oh, I love this Unexpected Discovery series. I don't know if you've seen it. The guys with the flashlights and there's mm-hmm. all the little worlds inside. And he's like, it just needs to be alive. I can just see it almost alive without even doing any animation. So he was like, would you be interested in collaborating? I was like, oh, of course. So I handed over the files and it's probably about a year later. I was like, hey, James, I haven't heard anything from you, you know? <laughs> and because uh, one of the other guys got in touch with me, he's like, I really want to animate this. And so like uh, James, I was like, any, any news there, mate? And he was like, listen, I'm so close. And I was like, okay, no, no, no worries. I was just wondering, I hadn't heard from you. And he, and he sends me over this file one day and my jaw hit the floor. He sent me over this animation. It was like about three minutes long, I think, altogether. Could be lying. Um, and it, it was just amazing. He just, he, he put like, he put a whole story on it. And it was the four pieces that I'd done. And he created this world with this little guy that walks on. And he's on his phone and he's kind of too busy kind of not seeing the world around him, you know, and too busy looking at social media or I don't know what he was doing. And then he kind of trips over this torch and he turns it on and it's like this little magical torch that shines these worlds and all of a sudden doesn't need the phone. He's just wrapped up in this world. And, and then the guys who did the sound, um, it was just unbelievable. Like the whole package together, it's just the storytelling was phenomenal. So that was like, to me, that was like, wow, okay, there's, there's a lot more possibilities here, I think, with these illustrations we can work together. So he's put that into a lot of film festivals and everything since. So there's been quite a few big film festivals and everything. So that's really exciting. It's had some amazing feedback. So we think we might do another one soon. So that'd be really cool. So that's something that would sit like under like personal collaboration sort yeah, of area sure. where you where you do it and you start with something that you think is a really good idea that you both believe in and then you find where that sits. Is that Yeah, for sure. I think so. And I think that's 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 a cool part about creativity, right? That you can find these people to work with. They've got like similar similar kind of direction to you. Mm. And he was so excited to do that. But I, I didn't know where he was going to go with it. Mm. But to see a piece like that when it comes to life, you're like, wow. To see someone else's creative mind on your work is, I don't know, something really fascinating. Mm. But like, yeah, it always has to be a personal thing. And I think it's kind of important to have those projects going all the time. Those little ones that are kind of getting you excited. And like we were only talking earlier on about, to the guys about how when you do a lot of client work, it's so hard to manage social media mm. and to get content ready because... 
you just don't have the time, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. when you're getting paid and you're on a job, like you have to get the work done, you've got deadlines. And then you're like, oh my God, I need to get something ready for nine o'clock tonight to post on social media, you know what I mean? Like to hit your audience or whatever. And you're like, put yourself under huge pressure to get something out there. But coming back to that, you always want to be doing personal work because that's the exciting stuff. That's the stuff that keeps you developing all the time. So like I personally, that's why I like to keep a notebook all the time too, because you're always going to have some concepts or ideas in the back there. So when you do have that day, that's a downtime, you can go back through it and be like, oh, I forgot about this idea. Here's something to develop quickly or here's something to develop on further, you know? Do you have like a bank of ideas that you think, okay, if I'm having like a bad idea day, I can bust this out and then yeah. apply that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You like need that I, for survival? Yeah. <laughs> Someone even asked me, do, they, do, do you keep all your old sketchbooks? And I was like, yeah, what would I do? Like burn them? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What would Sacrifice I do? Sacrificial Yeah. 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 You're, you're gone. Yeah, you're free. <laughs> no, like it's cool. And some days, like if you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, non-inspirational day or a day that you're struggling a bit for some concepts or, or inspiration, you just go back to those old notebooks and be like, okay this is terrible or yeah no no no. it gives you like a little trajectory to start creating some more work which is kind of cool a lot of your work has a kind of exploratory kind of theme to it kind of like finding things or um where's that sort of come from yeah that's funny people a lot of people say that to me and i, I don't know i suppose it's kind of to me is quite a curious person i like to be i suppose always remaining curious and open to new ideas and I don't know, there's something, I suppose there's always something a little bit unknown in my work too, like there's like yeah. a little unknown land or a little place that you'd like to sit for the day and just chill out and watch the waves crash on the shore. I don't know, there's always something, I suppose there's a calming effect to me for the personal work I create. It might be a little bit out there or it might be a little bit too personal, but I don't know, I like to keep that exploration about it. Mm. It's kind of, I don't know, it's a little bit fascinating to me and I suppose when I see other illustrators who create that kind of work too, I'm like, wow, you know, this is... This is awesome. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot of people kind of say to me as well that like my work's got that like childlike appeal, but for adults. You know what I mean? So it's got that yeah. like, oh, yeah. it's not I'm just for children that. where a lot of styles are just generally for children, you know? Because like I was showing my niece and nephew some of my work when I was back and he's like only getting into drawing now. He's 10 years old and he's so excited by it all, you know? And he's so excited to show me his drawings and he'd see some of mine and he'd be like, wow. But then like, you know, you switch to the TV and you'd be like, oh, that's more interesting, you know, because there's something <laughs> more kind you of you got to show him the animation. Cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. That's, that's true. I never thought about that. Can't show off too much, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, like I think that the adults kind of kind of appeal to it in a dreamlike kind of sense. There's something kind of yeah. mysterious there yeah. that they, they can appeal to too. Can you take us through your process? Yeah, sure. It's, um, it's quite linear, really, like for a digital artist. I don't know how a lot of digital artists work. I spend a lot of time sketching. So to say a client comes to me, into, will I talk about client side more so than personal side? Sure. Yeah, sure. it's probably a bit more interesting. Um, so like a client come, they always come with a brief generally. Generally we're working with an art director, so they kinda, they've got a bit of a direction already in terms of your work and where that's why they came to you. I suppose they liked your work, you liked your style and where, where they can see their kind of project going. So the brief is kind of based around that. And they give you an example of, I suppose, five or six different pieces that they loved. And, they're kind of like, we like this style let's, or, and we like this kind of idea. So what I'll do is I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's, um, let's, go, let's go off for a couple of days. I like to take a couple of days, go off and just sit there and just turn off everything and just get a lot of paper and just draw and draw and draw. And I find that like really suits me a lot better because like when I'm drawing loads, I, I actually can kind of do better work off the last drawing and better work off the last drawing. Do you know what I mean? So the more I'm drawing, the better work I'm doing. And so like I'll sit there and I'll do like hundreds of sketches sometimes. It's like really rough. And then generally what I'll say to him is like, I'll, I'll come back with really rough sketches. Then we're both on the same page. Rather than me spending time refining those sketches, I'll come back and you hate all of them. What we'll do is just send you some really rough stuff, really loose. You'll see all the concepts there. 
And like generally my style is quite clean anyway, so it's not like mad scratches on a page or anything like that. Yeah. They're a little bit refined anyway. And so I'll come back to them with them, just like just um, photographs of, of, of them or little scans of them. I'll whip them up into a PDF and send them across. And they'll generally come back and be like, okay, brilliant. Like, and I'll, I'll generally put letters beside them and I can come back and like reference points. I love these four. Let's build on these. So then go back again for another day or two and then just come back with a heap of like cleaned up illustrations. And so now and from, from the paper I've moved over into, I like to uh, use the iPad Pro into Adobe Sketch, which is, which is great. I find it just really nice. It's kind of like just like a sketchbook. And I just get to, I bring in all this, all my sketches I've done in paper and just then just kind of trace them up. Not trace them. I kind of draw around them a little bit in, into a cleaner style. And then I kind of have these really clean illustrations, uh, just, just line drawings. And I send them over to a client. Then they've got a really, really clear idea of where we're going. So I, I love that because then it actually saves me a lot in the process. Mm. So I'm not like there, like pulling out these million pieces of paper, trying to find the one that I had. You know, it's quite clean, it's quite concise, and generally they know where the work's going to. So a lot of clients don't really ask for colour work straight away. They kind of trust, I suppose, colours that I work on because a lot of people come to me for colour a lot of the time. So they um, so they kind of let you go at it. But I generally say to them, like, I will do a colour mock-up. I'll just do a really quick colour mock-up. They're like, perfect. Or they might be like, okay, we need to change the brand colours. Or, you know, you know yourself, they'll always have to fiddle around a few things. But then then once I've got the illustrations approved, I just, I'll be like, okay, when do, you, when do you want to see them all together or do you want to see them separately? Some, some people prefer that. I don't know. I, I don't mind either way. It's generally up to the client. I know that's kind of dangerous. But um, it's, it's, I find it, like you say, there's six or ten illustrations. I'll be like, okay, I can do them all at once. And I'll give you the whole bank of them. And then that way I think I get, get them more consistent. I get to kind of have them as a, kind of mm. as a nicer suite rather than kind of give them one, stop and that, kind of coming back. And then kind of, you know, I, I find there's a better flow to that. And then it's, I work in Photoshop. So just work everything up in Photoshop all raster based and then just deliver them to the client so it's quite linear and quite straightforward so so we've seen lots of new technology at the conference yeah uh is there anything there that excites you oh yeah photoshop on the ipad that's just gonna be next level right (laughs) i think everybody kind of was so excited about that we've been waiting for this for a while right because the sketch has always been kind of just a separate app to photoshop yeah whereas this is like full layers you know what i mean full capability photoshop so that's going to be awesome because is it going to change your process yeah i don't think it'll necessarily change my process but it will really help me in the way i work mm-hmm. i think it means that i won't be at the studio all the time because i've got like i've got a wacom and i've got i work i work on, on a mac with a wacom which is fantastic and i love that part of my process and like the ipad's been great for being able to get me out and kind of just sitting i go sit in the park or whatever but it's never been able to like go and do client work at the park because i yeah. don't really have my wacom and my I Photoshop there, you know, the full capabilities of it. So I think like bringing in this new Photoshop is just going to be awesome that I can go to flexibility to go to a coffee shop and work there and know that I have everything that I need to be able to even send that file directly over to a client that day without having to go back again. I think that's the beauty about mobile now and that's where we're all kind of hoping it was going. Yeah, it looks like where it's going from being at this conference. Yeah, mm. right, because a lot of people are stepping away from desktops and, yeah. you know, not just desktops, but like, you know, laptops too, you know, that, that we're... we're we're no longer having to be carrying a MacBook or a PC with us that we can just have an iPad and a phone. Like, look at Project Rush, yeah. like, on a phone. That's nuts. Well, that was like, it's like photography, like, when you know, um, the old the old thing with, you know, the best camera is the one that you have with you. Yeah, right. You know, and how many times did, you know, <clears throat> digital SLRs came in and we all bought one and then you don't carry it with you and you're, yeah, you're never and so using your yeah. little yeah, crappy guilty. little guilty. ones. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 everyone's yeah. guilty. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we're seeing the same thing happening at a much slower, but, you know, for design, for yeah, illustration, yeah. for drawing. 
it's exciting, right? Yeah, and even just cool. um, the Adobe Gemini, which is the new arty, I suppose, uh, platform that they're bringing out. And um, that's going to be raster-based as well, just like Photoshop, but it's also you can have vector brushes. Yeah, so I really want to understand how that actually works because... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how it works with the pixel grid and how that's yeah. going to work in terms of vector styles and combination of both. There is a program out there, Affinity, that some people use. I was talking to uh, Martina earlier on and she was saying that her um, her style is kind of like a bit of both. So she kind of needs a program that's kind of got both. She's not, so that's got her really excited, yeah. you know, Gemini. But um, I actually got to see a demo of uh, Kyle Webster using Gemini the other day, off, uh, a separate one from the, the keynote. And it was awesome. He delved in a bit deeper and I don't know if you guys seen it, but with the water, when you're using watercolour brushes. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Was, that's really can, cool. And so, you can just put the water and then put the ink. Yeah, like yeah. so you can control the level of ink almost that's in your water and the amount of water that's on your brush. Wow. That's, that's, that's next Pretty level, wild. right? That's yeah. next level. Like there's been, there's been apps that like, you know, you can paint with watercolour, but it's never had quite that, I suppose, interaction with a brush, like the real physical aspect. Mm. I think that's what's really exciting with Kyle Webster moving to Adobe now because he's recently just put all his brushes on their platform and he's obviously working with them now. He's got that really cool creative mind and he wants to bring that tactile approach into the digital realm without it being too stale, which is which is kind of where we need to go. Live painting though, is that yeah. something that, that yeah. you would be up for? Yeah, definitely. There was a feature, wasn't a little small live painting that was in um, in Adobe Illustrator before, but I never used it. So, But now this is like, yeah, it's next level now. And even with the oil paints, did you see that? Yes. Well? Yeah. And you can like and just, just throw in a new colour and yeah. mix it in and... Yeah, and then he was he was showing us a demo the other day, and he was just like, um, he was actually saying like about how a watercolor artist actually works, and you'll have like different different brushes with different like with um different water, and you'd be like putting in a bit, and you want to like soften the edges, and you like going to get a brush really quickly, and you'd be like dabbing a little bit of water, trying to dry it off, and then dab dab dab, and working. He was like showing us how you do that, and he's like, and you don't have to rush; you can go and watch your favorite episode on Netflix and come back again and do it. You yes. know, like, yeah. that is awesome, right? Yeah. And he's like, and you can just erase it all. You know, that's. That's the kind of the weird thing about digital, isn't it? Yeah. You've got all this like amazing looking media, but then you can just erase it. Yeah. Yeah. We'd, we've had loads of really interesting conversations about, you know, that um, that first file that you saved. You know, is is that worth more? Yeah. Than, right. Than the second file you saved, or you know, that whole yeah, is is there kind of some value around that kind of side of things? Yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? And the the one I still love is the sub- uh, subscription model. So like, I could buy a subscription to your art and then you'd have a frame or something and I'd see a new piece of your work come up. Oh, wow, that's cool. It's like cool. A di- in a digital sense. Yeah. Wow, that is cool. I know there's kind of like some mailing things that you can like subscribe and every year you get like some new artwork or every couple of months you get new artwork. But like that's physically, you have to store that yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's very wasteful, isn't it? Because what do you do with the old one? Absolutely. We have to look after the environment, don't we? We have to try. Well, we, yeah, we have to try. Yeah. What, what's left of it? Yeah, yeah. That's, Into that's the same so fire true. that he threw his notebooks into. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just burning stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that probably takes us to the it end. It does. Wow, okay, we, that we was quick. A, so quick, right? Yeah, so quick. we got a plane to catch. Yeah, you do. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so what's, last question, what's next for you? What are you looking forward to next? It could be oh. somewhere where you're going, a project you're working on, or what are you thinking about? Oh, hey, I've got a few cool projects on at the moment. I've got a book actually coming out. Not, it's, I haven't even started the artwork on it, but it's so exciting. I'm not going to say too much about it. Um, it's with a Melbourne writer. It is going to hopefully help people's um, knowledge with the environment and plastic. I think it's going to be something really, really awesome that needs to be out there. And it's for kids, kids' book. But I'd say hopefully with my style, I can hopefully appeal to a few age brackets too. So that's right. that's coming up soon. So I'm going to be starting that when we get back to Melbourne. 
and I've got um got a really cool project on at the moment. I've actually finished half it before I went back to Ireland. I was just back in Ireland getting married. And um, congratulations! Thank you very much. It's for the um, post uh, Irish post system on post. And so they support this kind of campaign. It's called Readers Wanted, where they kind of support literacy across Ireland, which is really cool. So they wanted to do six illustrations. And they've been animated by a studio in Dublin. And uh, they're done like cross big print campaign as well, which is cross bus stops and big 48 sheet and everything else as well, which has been cool. So when I got back, I actually got to see my artwork on the bus stop, which was, that was kind of cool. That's pretty cool. And so now we've got loads of little animations being done of them as well. So little six and 10 second animations. So that was a really cool project to work on. Especially because of my first big Irish client, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's awesome. Yeah. And then there's a few other few other things lined up as well. I can't say anything about for some of them. And then there's another book coming out with this um, woman I did a masterclass with. I, sorry, she's doing a masterclass and I'm doing the artwork for a masterclass. She's um, based in New York and she's this um, like this awesome woman who just loves plants. And she's got this amazing knowledge of plants and how you can have, adapt to them and have them in your home. And she's just got this cool house. I think she's in Williamsburg and she's just got this house full of plants. Mm. and so she, she's like educating people on plants and how to keep yeah. them and how it can be make a better environment for ourselves and uh, this is her second book I, th- I believe so um, we're, I'm, when I get back I'm starting on the illustrations for the book then so that's awesome I love the fact that you uh, you left Dublin as like a designer and you're back as an illustrator yeah right like, oh, you look like a guy that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're that guy yeah but different yeah yeah. Um, so how can people find out more about you oh I'm on uh, I'm on Instagram Mark Conlon and I've got my website, markconlon.com. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. So head, so there, awesome. head there and check yeah. it out. We'll put those uh, links in our show notes as well. Yeah, do come over and say hello. As I said, I learned about community. I love talking to people. So like, no matter who you are, established or not, I'll happily chat to you for days. So that's I think great. that's important. Perfect. And Matt, where can people find you? Matt underscore Leach, if you hate triangles. Very, very good. And <laughs> I'm at Flynn Tracy on everything. And you can find this episode and more at ausdesignradio.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud at AUS Design Radio. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Thanks guys. Pleasure. Cheers. Take care.